Okay, this is Gary Parrish again from CBSSports.com. Again, it's late Sunday, November 16th, early Monday, November 17th, right around midnight. This is the I Own College Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Squarespace, which recently launched a version of its platform called Squarespace 7, which has a completely redesigned interface, integrations with Getty Images and Google Apps, 15 new templates, and a feature called Cover Pages. And if you want to try it, go to Squarespace.com and enter offer code FUN at checkout to get 10% off. That's Squarespace. Start here. Go anywhere. Okay, we're now three days into this college basketball season. My buddy Matt Norlander is here with me. And Matt, uh, off the top of your head, what, if anything, stood out about the opening three days of this college basketball season? Uh, Kansas State's Brandon Bolden blocking the life out of a guy named John Marshall who plays for Southern Utah. It was the vine scene around the world. And we've already had the block of the year in college basketball. Vicious, he, funny, hilarious, little white boy trying to, <laughs> it, trying that's to take That's the other it. thing. It's, it's not just a great block. It's a great block with all the ingredients. Like it's it's little white dude and big, strong black player. <laughs> just, the whole thing is just comedy. Dude, unreal. Like, honestly, that's going to be the best block we see in college basketball year. So that was, uh, honest, I'm not joking. That is the thing that stood out most to me about this college basketball opening weekend of the past three days. Obviously, we didn't get a lot of ton of headlines, and we really, weren't really expecting them. Yeah. Um, opening night was extremely nondescript. I mean, Michigan State didn't look good, I guess. We can get to that in a little bit because you were on hand there. Um, you know, Ole Miss lost at the buzzer on a dunk that was kind of interesting they shouldn't have lost they had no business losing the game but Ole Miss is gonna probably struggle a lot this year the SEC looked kind of crappy but that's what the SEC has been um for most of the you know past five years so to speak I mean I think they lost four games on Friday night um so by far of all the major conferences the SEC struggled more than anyone um from Sunday GP I mean Kentucky had a half where it was trailing to Buffalo, um, and you and I do this for a living. We could not name one Buffalo player. I'm totally comfortable and confident saying that, uh, but they do have a guy named Skeet, and so the I think Skeet, Skeet, Skeet was actually trending on Twitter around 12.45 on Sunday afternoon. But That's Kentucky, a weird time for that to trend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Took me back to 2004 uh, with that little John number and Usher. But anyway, um, so the Kentucky thing, you know, Whatever they they abandoned the platoon in game number two. That's not a shock, you know. When things get tough, they, they're not you're not going to stick to the script. Um, I love I love. I, of course, you're not going to stick to the script. Then don't. Yeah, call, I know we then, call this. Then don't call what you're saying a platoon. It's so funny to me. Like the explanation afterwards. Um, obviously, we weren't there, but like you know, John was asked about it, and so were the players. And I think it was a quote from Dakari Johnson I read on Twitter where he said, "Well, Coach Bo basically told us we're going to platoon." until he wants to like you know go after certain matchups which means you're just coaching like everybody else does yeah. if you are going to scrap your platoon and I know foul trouble with Carl Towns played a little role in it but that wasn't the that wasn't the the end of it like it it was that may have been an excuse to break it but then after that he was just you know he was coaching like you would normally coach a basketball game and so um you know if you're if you're going to platoon players and and then change you know start with a platoon and then and then as the game unfolds, um, you know a mix and match to to maximize you know whatever advantage you might have. Well, that's just normal coaching. I mean, you don't have a platoon system; you have a gimmick, and which is all it ever was—a gimmick to keep people happy, a gimmick to um, you know. Remember keep... the gimmick last season? Oh, the the, the whole yeah, and then simply tournament the whole. What was it? The the. <laughs> 
What was it? The adjustment. Um, dude, I'm, here's that the exact, adjustment. Was it the that's, adjustment? No, that's this is the exact point. I cannot yeah. even. There are people yelling into their phones and stereos. Of course, I can't even remember what it was called because it was that much of a gimmick. Yeah, we were gonna have. It was gonna. There, I made an adjustment. I made a tweak. A tweak. The tweak. The tweak. It was the tweak. Yeah, and so like John, John's full of these things. Like he, uh, you know, it, it's all mind games, and he's he's the best at it. And and he, listen, it works to, for temporarily for the purposes that he needs it to work for. But, you know, let the record show the whole the platoon system that he's been talking about for literally months was scrapped roughly 70 minutes into the season. Yeah, and, uh, you know, credit Kentucky. They only allowed Buffalo to score 11 points second half, which honestly is probably about what they should do at home. Tyler Ulis looked good. I mean, he's they're the only true point guard, true point guard on that team, and he's just awesome to watch. So, um, you know, Kentucky moves to 2-0. I, I don't think they're going to beat Kansas, though. I mean, I, I think Kansas, uh, who, by the way, quick side note here, check out that stat line for Alan Williams. I saw that. And, uh, you know, I get frustrated when people try to mischaracterize what I said. I, I know. Said, I, hey, listen, if you can give me crap, I can give you crap. I know, but I never say Alan Williams suck. I just said, like, <laughs> I, he, I, you know, I don't believe he was at the time one of the top 20 or 30 players in America. I still don't believe he is. But he had a great stat line against I mean, you go on the road, you put up 22-13-4-2 at Kansas with, you know, McDonald's All-American bigs, and everyone's, like, he is clearly the best player on the team. You lose by 10. I think that's pretty impressive, that's he, all. He is six years older than everybody he was playing against. That's, that's not part of the qualification, man. It's just the best <laughs> players in college basketball. I mean, age is irrelevant to this. But No, uh, he was, listen, like, I, you know, the stat line's the stat line. I, I, it's just like when people go, ooh, so Alan Williams still, I never said he sucks. Like, I'm very, like, I speak for a living I'm very careful with my words. Believe me, if I think somebody sucks, I'll go right out and say it. I never said that once in the history of my life about Alan Williams. The interesting thing from the Kansas thing was, though, yeah. I thought Kelly Oubre, four minutes. How about that? How about that? I remember when I did the projected starting lineups for each top yes. 25 on one team. I, um, you know, I, I didn't have Kelly in there. And then, you know, so, so then some Kansas fan called me an idiot. And, uh, I, I, you know, how could you, Kelly Oubre is a lottery pick. How could you say he's not going to start? I'm like, well, like, cause I talked to the coaches yesterday, like he's not going to start. He might start by the end of the year, but he's not going to start. And I said, Oh, by the way, and Cliff Alexander isn't a lock to start either. And the guy was like, Oh, now you're a, a stupid, you know, I think he called me a racial slur. And, and so, um, you know, and then you look up and guess who didn't start on Friday for Kansas. Kelly didn't start. Cliff didn't start. Uh, Cliff played, and he was awesome, but Oubre, only four minutes? I didn't think he'd be nine, – nine Kansas players played more minutes than Kelly Oubre in the season opener. I didn't think that. My reaction to that would be uh, Self is known for basically being really hard on his guys in practice and not really catering to the quote-unquote stars, and so he'll make guys work and earn their minutes. And I'm not saying that Oubre by any means has been slacking off in practice or anything like that. Don't have that kind of intel, but it is within reason that, you know, for one reason or another, Oubre just hasn't been showing the kind of potential or work ethic or just hasn't earned the fact that he should be on the floor for more than five minutes, even against an opponent like the Gauchos. So of any coach, I think... Self is the one that's most likely to just not give a damn and not be afraid to to minimize guys who should be getting big minutes in the in the first part of the season. I mean, keep in mind, he, Josh Selby. I mean, it, it looks silly now, but at once upon a time, like uh, Josh Selby was considered the number one high school player in America by at least one scouting service, and he came off the bench for Kansas. Uh, Joel Embiid came off the bench early last year. Yeah, like, I don't know if people remember that, but like Joel didn't start from the start of the season, and um and and so no, like Bill had Bill. It, 
you start looking at freshmen who have had, who have had great years under Bill Self, like ever, there aren't a whole lot of them. Like Wiggins, Wiggins was a, an, an exception. Ben McLemore, but he was, you know, he wasn't a true freshman. But, but there haven't been a whole bunch of guys who were great as freshmen under Bill. And on one hand, you go, what are you doing? You've got a lottery pick. You're going to play him four minutes. On the other hand, you're talking about the guy who's won 10 straight Big 12 titles. Like he knows what he's doing. So he, he's almost a, a little bit, you know, a, a, above critique, I think. Like you can, I don't really know you can question his, his rotations or patterns or you know, anything because I mean, the guy never has a bad team. Like he's like genuinely never had a bad team. Um, let's talk about your trip to the Naval Academy. I mean, the games weren't that great at all. Jaquan Lyle, you know, got a concussion, but, uh, experience overall. And then did you talk to Tyndall at all for just, you know, on record stuff or, or whatever? How was that? Um, well, first off, it's Jaquan Lewis, right? Did I say Lyle? Yeah. That's the other kid, right? The recruit who couldn't get into school or whatever. Um, (laughs) I, I will say this. Let's start there. That is the scariest thing I've ever seen on a basketball court. Like, you know, now I wasn't like in person. Now I wasn't there. Like, you know, I haven't seen a player collapse and die. You know, I wasn't in the gym when, you know, for, for the Hank gathers moment, but that, that happened. I'm not exaggerating right in front of me, 10 feet in front of me. All right. Like it, it could not have been like, if you go and look at the video and see where he fell on the court, I am sitting right there. And, um, so I had a clear view of his face and of him. And I, I thought I was watching somebody die. Like I, Jeez, man. I've never seen anybody's face look like that on a basketball court. He slammed his head into the hardwood. I mean, you know, you know, Dominic Woodson's two hundred ninety pounds, and and you know, Jaquan's a, a a little guard. And you know, they went up for a rebound, and I, I, I don't know if it was intentional or, I don't. I'm not sitting here trying to say that he was trying to hurt him, but what you have was a two hundred ninety pound man throw a much smaller man down to the hardwood and his head hit and it sounded like it sounded as bad as you could possibly I'm told it came across on television like you could hear it Mm. and immediately uh, Jaquan's eyes rolled back in his head and then he started again I'm not a doctor so I'm I'm hesitant to use the the words because I don't know if they're accurate but it, it started moving in a way that looked like somebody was having a seizure I don't know if he was having a seizure but when you see somebody have a seizure they looked the exact same way Jaquan looked. Yeah. And the interesting thing was, you got to understand, his, his face was facing me, which means his back was to the bench. So the trainers at VCU and even Shaka and, and, and those guys, they didn't see it. They couldn't, they just saw a player laying down after he'd come down. And that happens all the time in basketball. So there was no sort of uh, anxiousness to like rush out there. And I finally, like, I thought, again, I'm not exaggerating. I didn't know if I was watching somebody die. And I like stood up and waved like, oh, like you guys get somebody out here. And he was completely out. And then for whatever reason, they didn't have a stretcher um, or, or, really? they, or at least they didn't use a stretcher. I don't want to say they didn't have one because maybe they did, but yeah. they, did, they didn't bring it to the court. So they walked him out after several minutes of, of him being down on the ground and he regained consciousness and they walked him out. And by walked him out, I mean, they basically dragged him out on his feet. He was not walking on his own. And... Then he came out and sat on the bench for the second half, and it was scary because, like, he had all the signs of, of what you hear about. Like, he was sitting on the bench with his head in his hands, like, like just out of it. When, you know, timeouts, he, you know, team huddles on the court, he would slowly get up, slowly walk out to the huddle, and then the band would play, 
and he probably didn't even know he was doing this, but he would put his hands over his ears. Like the mute, the, the band was hurting his ears because he was so clearly suffering from a concussion. And so I, I thought that was a bad look. Yeah. Like, like for VCU to have him. I don't, Even I don't, out I don't there, right. Like, particularly with, like, you saw what Michigan football went through this year, right? Like, just to have that kid on the, on the bench, I thought was somebody should have said, um, hey, listen, you don't know how this looked on television. You probably haven't seen the video yet, but the kid doesn't need to be out here. If only because we don't need it, we need it to look like he's in the back being treated or at a hospital being treated. I can't tell you how many nurses tweeted at me Friday night. After I tweeted out the, I didn't the, realize you had such a strong nurse contingent following. I, it's a long story, <laughs> <laughs> but I have I have lots of nurses who follow me on Twitter apparently, and they were all like, "That young man should be in a hospital being evaluated. It is it is uh, negligent for him to be on the bench." And uh, the truth is, they I, you know I don't know. I can't speak for the VCU trainers, but like Shaka, like genuinely didn't know. Like when I talked to Shaka after the game. And I, I was like, have you seen the video yet? He was like, no. I was like, you need to see the video. Like, it's bad. And, um, and, and so, like, Shaka had no idea, right? So I, I'm, not, I'm not assigning blame. I wouldn't even know who to assign blame to. I just, it was a bad look to have him out there, and he shouldn't have been out there. And it was a scary, genuinely scary moment. Here's what it reminded me of, though, or made me think of. So, like, we see those every weekend in football. Concussions, right? You know, somebody's head hits the ground hard, and, and they, they are concussed. We can never see their faces because of the helmets, but it's it's I think reasonable to to assume that their faces always look like Jaquan's face looked that night. And if that's the case, my God! Like every time I see a football player, like the um, the receiver for the Broncos earlier today, just got leveled. Um, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, I mean it was it was awful, violent, and I'm I'm just I'm, I couldn't help but think I wonder if his face right now looks like Jaquan's face looked that night. It was just a scary, uh, scary thing. I've never seen anything like it. Beyond that, yeah, the games were just the games. Michigan State got pushed a little bit, but yeah, that was a little. You never I felt mean, that was a little surprising. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Michigan State's going to be as good as some others thought. I think they're going to get in, but I think they're going to be closer to like an eight or nine seed this year. But I, I wasn't expecting them. I think they're the one team from opening night in terms of ranked team people would think a sweet 16 caliber team it was just you know we're not going to expand on it but it was just surprising that they you know didn't show up as much as you might talk they think they would yeah i um yeah i i don't know how good they are right now um you know it, you look at the roster and it's not it's not a final four type roster it's not you know it's a roster that they're gonna reminds me a little bit not in the personnel but in terms of like the quality of talent on the roster like that Drew Neitzel team where they needed Drew. They, and they Neitzel need, is such a badass, <laughs> but they they needed him. They needed was, him to be something that he re- probably didn't need to be for a good team, yeah. just for them to be NCAA tournament good. And I, I wonder a little bit if they, like, obviously not anything similar in, in, in the way that they play, but like they need Brandon Dawson to be great so that they can be good. And Brandon yeah. Dawson probably doesn't need to be great He's more like a B, even at the college yeah. level. I feel like he's a he's a B. He's like he's option B. Right. They, they need him to be option saying? A. They need they need a B, an option B to be a, a first team All Big Ten guy, so that they can be a borderline top twenty five team. I mean, I think yeah. that's reality for Michigan State. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, but beyond that, um, you look at you know, but you follow the scores from. From Friday night, you know, while I was at the Naval Academy, which was a, an awesome experience as well. Just um, well, did you get? I mean, I just want to circle back. Did uh, you? Did did Donnie say anything more? Oh, sure. Was... Um, I have talked to Donnie. Um, 
not 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 for anything on the record. Um, yeah. But but I have I have talked to him. Um, you know, he he's meeting with the NCAA on Tuesday. Tuesday. Right. Yes, and it's it's interesting because I've talked to a lot of different people on all sides of this thing, and. Let's just say there's an NCAA side and a Donnie Tyndall side, right? Now, I'm not telling you the NCAA side is the NC is like actually NCAA people, right? I don't want to, uh, I don't want to suggest that. But let's just say there's one side on that that has an NCAA point of view, and there's another side that has the Donnie Tyndall point of view. The people on the NCAA side of it think that Donnie is in a bad spot. Like it, it will be very difficult for him to escape this. The people on the Donnie Tyndall side think that. Um, the root of this is a guy who worked, you know, I mean, I've tweeted his name, so there's no point in not saying it. Wade O'Connor, who worked for Donnie at Southern Miss, but was not retained. And Moorhead State. And Moorhead State, right. Uh, used to work for um, Oliver Purnell at Clemson. So that's when I first knew him, from Clemson. And now he's out of the business. And and he, um, I, I don't, I'm, you know, I don't know if he's their primary source, but he is a source with the NCAA. And so some people are spinning it that way, right? Oh, this is just a former employee and he's pissed and whatever. And then everybody else says, hey, he might be a disgruntled employee, but like it doesn't mean he's lying. And so we'll see. I, I, can, I can tell you this. I, I don't doubt if only because literally nobody has told me, oh, it's a bunch of nothing. I, I, so I'm not doubting that something went on at Southern Miss. We could argue to what extent, how serious... But something went down in violation of the NCAA rules at Southern Miss. That's, that seems undeniable at this point. The, the larger question is going to be how much of it was Donnie involved in? How much did he know? How much of it can be traced back to him? How much can be proved? How dirty are his fingers, so to speak? And um, you know, I, I think the best case scenario for Donnie would be, um, yes, some stuff went on within the Southern Miss program, but he wasn't really too involved in it. And He's distanced himself just enough to be able to keep his job at Tennessee. That's the best case. The worst case is like he's caught all up in it and it's, it's, you know, you can deny it all you want, but they've got proof and sources and everything else. And then they'll, they'll, um, and then they'll remove him at Tennessee. The interesting thing is that people keep talking about Bruce Pearl, you know, because Bruce was fired in the middle of an NCAA investigation. And so, and this isn't something that Donnie told me, but it's something that I've pieced together from talking to other people. Let's just say that, that Donnie Tindall is like caught up in this stuff and, you know, he, he knows it's going to be a hard, it's going to be difficult to get out of this. On, you know, Bruce Pearl's play was to, once he knew he was caught in a lie, was to say, hey, okay, I lied. I did what they said I did. And um, now let's just work through it. He thought that maybe if I just apologize now that I'm caught on the lie and tell the truth, I'll be fine. Well, we all know how that turned out. He, w- he didn't even get what would normally be due process because he, he told on himself. Um, you know, he didn't get to have his day in court because he basically pleaded guilty well in advance, at which point he was fired, you know, as soon as the season was over. So if you're Donnie Tyndall, this is what somebody said to me. If you're Donnie Tyndall and you're probably going to get fired because of, you know, once everything comes out, but Tennessee probably isn't going to fire you without due process. Just deny, deny, deny for as long as you can. This whole process will take several months, if not a year. And you know what? For every week you're still employed, it's a week of a $1.4 million salary or whatever it is. In other words, okay, your, your coaching career might be over 
you know, uh, for all intents and purposes, once this investigation's over, but you can still make a lot of money between now and then. So just deny everything and, 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 and make them, make them prove it over the course of time. Like that might be the strategy, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I mean, it does. Um, I, I'm interested more than anything, I guess, on the timeline of this, because it's going to be interesting how long it takes the NCAA to get through all this, um, what Donnie is or isn't able to do with this team in terms of coaching, and um, where that line and balance is drawn, and uh, how much can be levied against him, and then what Tennessee's going to decide to do, I guess. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We talked about it plenty on last week, but I, I figured we should we should address it, given that you were there, and... Um, no doubt we're able to, to, to see Donnie. Um, I, but like elsewhere Friday night. Um, and by the way, like Tennessee, they've got some decent pieces. I mean, you know, Josh, yeah, no, Josh Charles Richardson. Is the one your player. Woodson is, is yeah. getting better. I mean. uh, Robert Hobbs is. Uh, Hobbs, yeah, no, Hobbs, is, he was five-star prospect. Sure. I, I don't know so. if he'll ever live up to that, but, you know, he right. still had enough talent, you know, as recently as two years ago to be a five-star prospect. Elsewhere, so I'm following the, the you know, the, the box scores around the country and, the first thing you realize is outside of Marcus Page and keep, you know, and, and North Carolina Central ran a box and one on him. So like he couldn't get off. But like most of the big name guys like, you know, perform like Frank Kaminsky put up Yo, numbers. Kaminsky looked, I was going to bring this up. I mean, I understand opponent. Don't get me wrong. But Kaminsky straight up looked better than he even did last year. Like he's sure. dream shaking. He's throwing it down from deep. Um, he just more than anyone. He's the one that stood out to me that he just he just looks in tremendous basketball shape, and like he's expanded his game. I know the opponent; it's only been two games, sure. but he just stood out. No, Montrez Harrell looked great. Oh my god, yeah, <laughs> you know Harrell. Harrell is ridiculous, man. I mean, if Harrell's going to be tossing threes and throwing down thirty, uh, and you know Minnesota's not a, a, a pansy opponent. That's by a any man, that's a Big Ten team. He just like he just like dominated. Yo, them. Yeah. ridiculous. He was great. Um, Jalil Okafor was great. Yep. Um, Cliff Alexander we talked about was great. Miles Turner has looked really good. And that to mm-hmm. me is the one surprise almost because the reviews I had heard out of Texas practices were that he's got a long ways to go. But, you know, sometimes you know, these kids, they can't, you know, like for whatever reason, they can't, you know, it's not great in practice because it's so structured and so, right. and then it's like, okay, let's just go play a game. Just go be 6'11 and, and block shots. And, you know, he blocked, um, I think, two in the opener, six today. And, you know, he scored double digits in both games. I think 15 in the first, 10 in the second. Um, I guess uh, my point being, again, uh, the, the big names so far, whether it's the stud recruits outside of Kelly Oubre at Kansas, the stud recruits and the, the returning players that you saw on most All-American teams, they've all put up nice individual statistics, you know, for the most part, you know, through their first uh, one or two games. They've looked good um, overall for the most part. Yes, completely agree with that. Um, it'll be interesting this week when we've got more enticing matchups. And quick side note, I just don't, I wanted to bring this up because I don't want to forget mentioning it. I don't even know if we need to talk about it, but I don't know what the hell Tim Miles is doing, agreeing to tattoo stars on his <laughs> shoulder. Like Nebraska is capable of making the Sweet 16, and the story is that Tim Miles is going to – Taron Padaway, the team star player, has two big – red stars on each of his shoulders tattooed and miles has said that if nebraska reaches the sweet 16 he's going to do this one like i i trust the man he'll do it but i'm also calling it they're going to be the size of nickels if he does this which is a total cop out but i don't like why why do people do this like i was stupid enough to say i'd wear bunny ears at the freaking final four if wichita state got to the ncaa tournament undefeated well they ended up doing it and then i had to freaking 
embarrass you and everyone we were with by wearing these those damn things. But that's just like one night. What are you doing? A grant? I mean, have you ever? What's the stupidest bet you've ever made? I guess is what I'm getting. Well, I once stuck a jalapeno in my eyeball. Well, that's pretty damn stupid as well. Oh. But uh, you know what? That could be a, that could very well be a bet, or it's like, hey, by the way, GP's hanging out at one in the morning on a Saturday, and he's got a jalapeno in his eye. I will tell you, I we were in Nashville for a Ryan Adams show at the Ryman. Okay, this is like, oh God, it must have been 2002, probably, because like Kelly was pregnant, so I remember her being pregnant and disgusted with me on the whole, on the entire trip. Really, nothing's changed much in the past. Yeah. You know. But um, so That's we we were there. We were um, so we were at some little uh, Mexican restaurant, like right by the Ryman or something. I don't remember. And they had a uh, fresh. Um, freshly sliced jalapenos, big, thick, fresh sliced jalapenos. And somebody was, and keep in mind, we had been drinking a lot. And somebody said, uh, hey, be careful with those jalapenos. Those are like freshly sliced and um, like, you know, just like, you know, don't, like, just be careful. Those, they, they ain't like your jarred uh, jalapenos. And I'm like, dude, I, like, don't tell me to be, I will stick one of these in my eye, Paul. I don't even care. Like, I'm not worried about a jalapeno. And then, of course, somebody's like, you you won't stick that in your eyeball? And I said, of course I'll stick that in my eyeball. And it was like, 20 bucks says you won't stick that in your eyeball. And at this time, like 2002, like, you know, I, I, I got a baby on the way. I'm working at a at a newspaper. Like, I need every every dollar I can get, you know? And so I said, uh, okay, yes, I will. Here I go. And I stuck it right in my eyeball. Like, entire big, thick jalapeno like it was a contact lens. And... I have never hurt more in my entire life. I thought I was blind. I thought I was going blind. I started like crying and like panicking, like panicking. I, I was like running around the restaurant. Like I thought I was going to go blind. And the sweet little, uh, sweet little lady who runs the kitchen came out. Because I'm causing a scene. I'm like running around. Just picturing you running around a restaurant. This is all 100%. Your pregnant wife on hand. Dude, I will. I, I, I'm not home now. I'm in Richmond, Virginia. I was going to say, I, I would get, the, I've got a picture of me, <laughs> like my bloodshot eye right after it. It's the worst. Um, I, I, if I were home, I would get it and we could, we could attach it to this podcast. But, um, <laughs> So I'm running around like like thinking I'm dying, screaming like the whole restaurant's looking at me like I'm an idiot who just put a jalapeno in his eye. And so this lady, she goes, um, she, you know, she could barely speak English. Bless her heart. But she was sweet. And all they were telling her was that uh, jalapenos burning from the jalapenos. They were trying to tell because she was wondering what's going on. Why is this idiot running around the restaurant screaming? And uh, she just assumed because you would that I um, had, you know, that my tongue was burning. Because I, because why would you put a jalapeno anywhere other than your tongue or your mouth? And so, um, so she she runs over to me with like pita bread. She says, "Here, take this, take this." And I'm like, "I'm like what? What?" She's like, "Take this, stop burning." So the actual picture of me is holding pita bread on my eye <laughs> because I I didn't know what she was telling me. She thought I would eat the pita bread and it would make me my mouth burn less. Instead, I'm just holding pita bread over my eye like it's a patch. So the whole what? thing was just a debacle, and that, and and though it hurt and it was stupid, it's still not the same as getting a dumb tattoo, you know? 
two dumb tattoos of stars on both your shoulders. But you know what? Miles is going to do it. That story is absolutely ridiculous. Putting a freaking <laughs> pita bread over your eye. I, did, I, did, I, I, I will tell you, when we started this podcast, I did not anticipate telling that's the story. That's why, you know what? You never know where the podcast is going to go, and no, that's why I love this no, so much. Remember, um, today's Eye on College Basketball podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, where you can easily create your own professional website or online portfolio. Squarespace is now redesigned with a Squarespace 7 interface, including integration with Google Apps, partnership with Getty Images, 15 new templates and cover pages, and Squarespace has an amazing support team that works 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Everything starts at just $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website, so your content will look great on every device every time. To start a free trial, again, no credit card required, uh, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code FUN at checkout to get 10% off and to show your support for the Ion College Basketball Podcast. That's Squarespace. Start here. Go anywhere. All right, let's do some news and notes real quick. I think uh, a, a, a pretty interesting develop was Saturday night. Uh, Tayshon Thomas is yes. uh, deemed eligible for the entire season at Oklahoma. That, I think, even though he wasn't great in the opener, He's still a nice piece for a team that was going to be good without him, could be Final Four good with him. Can you make sense of how the NCAA figures out who to give a waiver to and who to deny a waiver to? Oh, no, I'll never make sense of that. And they don't specify their reasons. Um, we never know timelines and when things are going to get announced. Um, but, yeah, that's just a, a mystery wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in um, a Riddler. I don't know. Anyway, Thomas he's a player a lot of college basketball fans don't know, and that's fine. Just, just know that he's a um, very good power forward. I mean, he averaged 19 while at Houston yeah. um, last season. He's just a guy that gives Houston a, a really reliable, strong element inside and uh, gives Oklahoma a really re- strong, reliable element inside. And the Sooners, I understand that like a lot of – they're one of the more uh, – boring kind of major conference programs generally speaking since Blake Griffin left like they haven't made a lot of tournaments they don't usually have a lot of flashy people well now they got a guy named Buddy and we love Buddy he gets seven three-pointers today I know he's 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 awesome he is fantastic and very well could be an all-american at the end of the year um Tayshaun Thomas is huge they they're gonna score I know Lon Kruger isn't exactly gonna you know (laughs) light up the interview scene but this team is going to be extremely enjoyable to watch so I think they're still for a lot of people that don't know the Big 12 well, just we're telling you now, I mean, Oklahoma, it's hard for me to see them. I mean, I'm talking absolute worst four seed at this point. That's, you know, obviously they can be worse than that. But I, I with Thomas in the fold, if he gets going, I'm a big Ryan Spangler fan, another solid big they have up front. So this is fairly big. I mean, this could be, could, it could be the decision that actually – gives Oklahoma a chance to dethrone Kansas from winning the regular season Big 12 title. I'm glad that you brought up Lon Kruger. I did the 68 things we're looking forward to, uh, uh, you know, this college basketball season for last Thursday night, Friday, and I got carried away with myself. It ended up being about 5,000 words. And and uh, somehow I ended up writing a, a little bit there about Lon Kruger. Like, you're right. He won't light up the interview circuit, so to speak. There's nothing really flashy about him. He's just a, He's just considered a gentleman of the sport. But it is almost impossible to find somebody who isn't a Hall of Famer or a future Hall of Famer who has been as consistently successful, regardless of job, as Lon What's Kruger. What's the stat? Has he taken five to the tournament and no one else has done it? I can't remember. There's some stat with him like well, that. Well, he's certainly Kansas State, Florida, Illinois, UNLV, and now Oklahoma. That's five. I think he's yeah. the only coach to ever do that, too. Yeah, I mean, he like 
it, it doesn't matter what league he's in, what side of the country he's in. You know, he's been on, in the West with UNLV. He's been in the East with Florida, Middle America with Kansas State and Illinois. It doesn't matter where he's at. It doesn't matter how old he is. It doesn't matter what he inherits. He's going to turn it into a winner. And he's been doing it for you know, three decades. I mean, like, if you ever want to be, like, I don't think people understand. Like, go look at his Wikipedia page and, and go down to the college career coaching record and just go year by year. He is, fun, like, he is probably one more Final Four away, if he could yeah. get it, from, like, being considered, like, a legitimate. I think at that point he'd have to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, when you've, it's just weird how certain guys, and maybe it's the jobs and the times, and he never had, like, an ultra-dominant team. I don't know. But when you do it for that long and you're clearly that good, I think it's just part of who he is, too. I mean, he's not a self-promoter. He's not super flashy. But uh, no doubt about it, he is super underappreciated. Um, another, I, I guess if there is, has been an interesting result, Harvard Holy Cross. Um, yeah, um, I, listen, I mean, Harvard was seen as a team that can get itself a single-digit seed, and they drop one to Holy Cross on Sunday. So that, I think that's noteworthy. Um, it kills you in terms of seeding. Like going, the, the oh, pro- that's a brutal one. That's the, that's the thing, GP, is that they're just not going to have a lot of chances. That's the, you can't and they, make and, up for And it. no one ever runs the table in the Ivy. I mean, it's crazy, but like everyone, they just those teams know each other so well, so they're going to drop another one in the Ivy. So now, barring that, barring honestly, them going and losing two games total, they're going to be a double-digit seed if they get in. And it, it, it like takes them off the national radar, too, because the only reason, like, if you're going to be so off of national television and playing, you know, high caliber games, and I'm not blaming Harvard. I mean, the Harvard's in the Ivy League, and and there's only so many quality games they can get. I mean, I think they're playing UMass this year. They're certainly at Virginia next month. They've got a cut, Arizona State, I think, is on the schedule. Uh, but by and large, they just can't. You know, they're not going to be in front of us too often. And if you're not going to be in front of people too often, and you don't have a star player like a Steph Curry or something. The only reason people will pay attention to you is if you take an undefeated record deep. Like, you know, Murray State a few years ago, um, Wichita State obviously last year. And now for Harvard, like that's all gone. Uh, on a Sunday afternoon with a random loss to a team that was picked, I think, third in the Patriot League. Um, you know, when you when you drop this early, that means you're out of the AP poll, you know, when it's updated on Monday. And once you're out of the AP poll, like you're, then you're not a top 25 team whose whose scores show up on everybody's yeah. you know, iPhone app, and um, it's just one of those you know unless they can win at Virginia and like you know who's going to win at Virginia this year like how many people unless you can win at Virginia like they're completely off the radar till the NCAA tournament like that sucks if you're Harvard right yeah and I you know they do have chances on the schedule but I just don't think that they're going to conquer all those chances. well the only thing so. that could really you know, move the needle. I mean, nobody cares if you beat UMass, do they? No, I right. mean, no. I, I mean, UMass could be, I think UMass will get actually back to the tournament this year. So if you get it, it's a, it's a decent win. No, but no, it's, it's a good not, win, but it's not the it's one not that makes going go, to resonate is what right, we're trying to No, get. the only one that resonates is at Virginia. I think it's December 21st. Um, you know, but like, again, good luck beating Virginia at Virginia. You know, like, I, I don't, I don't know how many people like who's going to do that this year. How many actually, guys? GP, I just, I just brought it up. I just, I brought up their schedule. So they actually are going to hit. This is going to be rough for Harvard. Um, here's what they do. They get they get away at Virginia. Then they're away at Arizona State. It's a week later, but still. Then they're away at Grand Canyon. Um, then they're home to a uh, St. Rose, wherever the hell that is. It's not a D1 team. And then they got three aways at Dartmouth, at BC, at Bryant. I'm telling you, best case scenario for Harvard, and that is four and two. They're oh, going wow. To, it's Norland, yeah, you're, I mean, that's, you're burying the crimson. I have to do six straight road games. And, I mean, there's just – you're not going to escape that. And, I mean, they get Vermont – 
you know, so seven out of eight, they go to Vermont. Vermont won't be terrible. Um, yeah, it's probably going to be a situation where Harvard's just going to have to keep uh, serve in the Ivy. And they probably will. I mean, they're the Ivy's best team. Yale will be solid. But anyway, the point is, Harvard's been a cool story the past couple of years. And now, essentially, it looks like, you know, we're just not going to talk about it on the podcast unless they beat Virginia until we get to March. All right. Let's wrap this up by looking ahead a little bit. Um, I yeah. am in – I've been all over the place recently. So I was in Washington, D.C. I flew into D.C. on – I guess it was last Thursday, then went over to Annapolis uh, for the Veterans Classic, and then woke up on Saturday morning and drove to Richmond, and I've been here with Shaka and his staff for the past couple of days, and then, uh, again, uh, we're recording this late on Sunday night, it's right around midnight Eastern, uh, when I wake up, and the reason we're recording this late on Sunday night is because i got a flight tomorrow morning, I'm going to Indianapolis, and I'll be there for the next couple of days for the uh, Champions Classic on Tuesday night, which should be terrific. Uh, number four, Duke versus number 18, Michigan State, followed by number one, Kentucky versus number five, uh, Kansas. I, you know, it was, it was interesting. You know, you wake up on Friday, and it's the start of the college basketball season, right? And uh, and people are like, oh, this is great. And I, I can't, and, and I'm just like, oh, the, you know, it's like, oh, it's great to have college basketball back. And I'm like, I'm just bored out of my mind. Like, the, you know, it's, I guess it's great to have college basketball back, but like. Yeah, it is. But like Friday, there were no good games. Saturday, there Tuesday were no is going to feel like the start. I know. Right. Friday, no good games. Saturday, no good games. Sunday, no good games. Or at least no games that are like, like you can like. Sometimes I feel like people want to watch them just so they can say they watched them, you know. But like they're not the type of games that draw any sort of casual right. um, observer of college basketball. But late on Monday night, you get um, SMU at Gonzaga. That's interesting. And then you wake up on Tuesday and you get. Memphis, Wichita State in the afternoon. You're telling me you're not going to be up at 5 a.m. for High Point Hawaii, GP? No chance. I hate it when people say I shit know, like that. I know. I just, you know what? I can lob these softballs to you, and I know how you're going to react. These, these, we talked about this last year. These I idiots. I, like, you'll see, you, you'll see it. it like, <laughs> they, they'll be on Twitter talking about, ooh, I can't wait for High Point Hawaii. I'm like, you know, you're an idiot if you're trying to watch. <laughs> okay. if, you're, if you're up at 5 in the morning watching High Point Hawaii, like you're the worst. Like they like 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 what are you even like you're w- totally wasting your time. Like why would you do that? Like or like who plays at like two in the morning? Those are the ones that I always get. Uh, we got well the one a.m. game is Auburn Colorado, which is you know Colorado. I, I would I would like, Bruce Pearl would watch that. Yeah, one, yeah that's it? yeah. That's yeah Colorado's gonna win, but yeah, and then uh, three a.m. It's actually not a terrible game college basketball wise. It's New Mexico State, which win its league. At St. Mary's, so that's not awful, but no one's. I'm not no, watching. New Mexico State just got ran off the court, though, right? I guess so. Who beat their brains in? It was a, it's a ranked team. Beat beat them pretty bad. Who they play? I don't know, dude. Yeah, come on, Norlander. You're supposed to. <laughs> you're supposed to be the one who knows this kind dude, this of is, shit. This is this is podcast after dark. Rules <laughs> change. Okay. Uh, so, um, but like, watch, watch. There'll be like some little idiot college basketball blogger at three in the morning bragging about how he's up watching whatever, and I'm like, dude. dude like, go to bed. Like, you're not impressing anybody. Why don't you just call Rob Doster out by name? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that who it'll be? Uh, maybe. I don't know. No. I, 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 just, we like to rag on Rob. No, it's not Rob. I, I mean, if it is Rob, then it is Rob. Whoever, like, whoever falls into that category, that's who I'm talking about. I'm not, ta- I'm not trying to single out anybody. But I, people, you know, I've been asked about this a few times. Like, oh, you ready for the 24-hour marathon? Like, I'm ready for some of it. You know, like I'll watch some of it, like Memphis, Wichita State. I'm ready for that. And and um, then who? What's the other game? Utah and we got we got. I mean, Utah, San Diego State. Yes, Utah, that's great. I want like I want okay. super. Yeah, okay. Super good so game. that and then of course we get to Indianapolis, which is um, again Duke, Michigan State, Kentucky, Kansas. Duke, Michigan State. Who you got winning? Duke, I guess, right? 
Uh, I do have Duke. I have Duke winning, and I have Kansas beating Kentucky. Um, I just, I, I hope. Last year's was so freaking good, man, because we had the freshmen. They showed up big. They showed large. This year, it's probably not going to be as good, but um, I think Kansas is going to give Kentucky some some good run. What about you? How about, uh, well, I would take Duke and Kentucky, I guess, but, um, but like, you know, whatever. Who knows, you know? Uh, but I, I would say, like, that, that Kansas-Kentucky game, like, last year it was all, everybody was talking about all the future pros because you had... Duke-Kentucky well, last year. Yeah, so you had Jabari, you had Julius... Wiggins played. Um, no, it was Kansas Duke, right? Was it, was it yeah. Kansas? Because it feels like it was Jabari and Wiggins in the same game. Th- that's the way I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I think it is. Hold on, I'm looking up real quick. Keep talking. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna... I, I think it was because I think it was like. Oh no, is Jabari freaking was balled awesome. out and looked amazing? And then Wiggins made a, a pull up, made like a step back late. Randall was awesome. Um, so it was all about the freshman. It was Duke. Duke played Kansas. Yeah, that's what I thought. Right. Kentucky. God, how is it possible I'm the one with a good memory on this podcast suddenly? Podcast after dark, man. The rules change. And, um, okay, so, like, you, you go Kansas, Kansas, Kentucky. There might be, and this isn't even an exaggeration, there might be 15 future pros in that it's game. Not an exaggeration, and that's crazy. Because if you go the nine, the nine McDonald's All-Americans at, at Kentucky, right, you just assume they could all theoretically be pros. Uh, then you go Perry Ellis, Wayne Selden, Cliff Alexander. Um, right. Um... Kelly Oubre. Who am I missing? Uh, oh, the freaking uh, the seventeen-year-old. I don't even know how to pronounce there is his name. no chance I'm trying to pronounce that name. Yeah, but he is a he is of considered course he is. a right. Right. legitimate future pro. And then like okay, maybe so maybe the number is fourteen instead of fifteen. But gee, still there are fourteen dudes in that game who play end up playing in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like that's pretty good, right? That's about as good as it gets. That's about as good as it ever gets. Yeah, man, you're gonna have a freaking blast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, you know, obviously. You get to see Okafor up close for the first time, um, or at least I get to see Okafor up close for the first time in a Duke uniform, uh, plus Justice Winslow, who also had a great dunk in the opener, um, uh, Tyus Jones. And then uh, Michigan State, I started looking at my schedule. I'm going to see a lot of Michigan State. Yeah, I noticed this, GP. You're going to Orlando. You might see, you're going to see Michigan State and Kansas again. I know, right? So I didn't didn't think it through um, as probably as well as I should have. But um, so yeah, so I saw. So, you know, can we put that on your headstone, your <laughs> parish? You know, you get a, a date dash date. I didn't think it through. Every, almost everything. Jalapeno. I, every almost everything I've ever done in my life, if if asked to reflect on it, at some point I will get to the sentence. You know, I didn't. I just didn't really think it through too well. <laughs> that, that that applies to almost every every aspect of my life. And so um, I saw Michigan State on Friday night. Then I'll see Michigan State again on Tuesday night. And then I'll be in Orlando with Michigan State. So I'll see five Michigan State games before December 1st. You're a Sparty beat writer, man. I'm basically going to be a Michigan State beat writer. And here's the problem. Like, they don't, there's not like a great Michigan State story right now. Like, I, you know, because I was like, you know, sort of, you know, I was talking to Matt Larson. I was like, I'm going to be, he's the SID at Michigan State. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be with you guys a lot. I'm like, so like, where's the... Where's the great story, you know? And uh, he was like, yeah, kind of got a boring bunch this year. I mean, he didn't say that, but he, he, he certainly didn't offer anything up that was, uh, that was like, you know, piqued my interest. So, um, you know, hopefully, uh, I don't know. I, I like Tom. I like Tom Izzo. Nothing wrong with being around Tom Izzo a lot. 
No, hey, listen, one of the uh, one of the best to deal with. So there's uh, you could do a lot worse than that, dude. The the marathon should be pretty good. I mean, even in Manhattan, UMass early in the morning, or not early, but 11 a.m. from a mid-major standpoint, if you even want to call it that, that's interesting. So that'll be good. And we are uh, we're back in the regular uh, podcast schedule swing here, man. So it'll be Mondays, and we'll have. We're gonna get Sam on uh, relatively frequently, yeah, but yeah, Sam, Sam, was, Sam wasn't ready for the podcast. After yeah, well, so, no, well, yeah, Sam Bassini, just like we'll be honest, Sam Bassini, he's our, uh, our 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 new college basketball writer, and he was on the podcast last week, and will um will be on the podcast um going forward tonight um, because of my travel schedule, we had to either do this tonight or or really early tomorrow morning, and really early tomorrow morning, I'm talking like seven a.m. Eastern, which would have been fine with me. Um, but like for Sam, that's 4 a.m. He lives in, he, li- <laughs> he, he lives in Los Angeles. <laughs> so um, it was just like he could. And then tonight he he already had dinner plans with family and oh, stuff. He couldn't break. It just didn't work. Right. So um, so we got through it and we'll have Sam back a little do you later know, do you, So uh, do you know who's going to be on Thursday? I'm putting you on the spot here. Or is that, t- I, is I that have, a TBD? I have not even thought about it. One second. You didn't really think it through, did you? Yeah, the way I really did, haven't, not even think it through. I didn't even think about it at all. No, the way I, I typically do the schedule is I'll have, it'll be me, you, and Sam on Mondays. And then um, on Thursdays, I'll, I'll grab somebody else. Last year, it was Jay Billis one time. It was Dick Vitale one time. It was Nicole Auerbach one time. It was um, Eric Prisble one time. Just whoever, just any of our friends who are uh, sort of in the business. So that's always fun just to mix it up a little bit. I've, known, I've noticed some omissions with that, by the way. Who? Oh, it's just whatever. We we might have had some some buddies and uh, crossed over to different territories. That's all. Oh no, those are the people I mentioned are the only people I consider friends. And Jason, <laughs> Jason, and Jason King, of course. No, I'm friends with everybody. Like people, I, know, I, know. I like I genuinely am like fine with everybody. There's all these like rivalries within like like this writer hates that writer and that so stupid man and that TV person hates that writer and that radio guy hates this. And I really like I'm I can genuinely say I don't hate anybody. I just don't even get caught up in it so much. I, I don't only I, only the people that watch basketball at five a.m. Then you got a real problem. I, just in general, the, the idea that you're bragging about doing something so stupid. Dude, I could extend this podcast another 20 minutes. I'm not going to have you keep doing Just the that. idea that you're bragging like, ooh, I'm watching college basketball at 3 a.m. Ooh, well, you're an idiot, I think, because I am i don't know why you would do that. It's November. Like, I, you should barely watch college basketball at all in November. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ruining, ruining our fans, right? No, no, no. They they appreciate it. They they enjoy the banter. But uh, all right, let's all get right. go get some sleep. So you, you go get some sleep. I'm fine. Oh, I'm, I took, I'm, I took I'm a nap early tonight. Sleep. I fell asleep during the first half of the uh, Sunday night football. This worse right now. I'm, I'm in the velvet zone right now. I'm I'm ready. Right. I'm ready. Hey, you go to bed. Sweet dreams to you. Okay. I'll miss you, buddy. Uh, remember to subscribe to the Island College Basketball Podcast over at iTunes. That is the quickest way to get the latest episode. And um, I will talk to you again on Thursday. Take care.